Hey everybody, Lance here from the Wearmuck Podcast. I just want to say thank you to all the listeners here who have been continuing to join me over the past almost two years now I've been doing this project. In the past six months, the content has been kind of sparse and few between as I've been really focusing on my transition away from the active duty military world. And I'm really looking forward into going into 2021 here with some new content, uh, new inspiration, new material for uh, anybody who wants to listen. So also I want to thank Gray Team for uh, being an awesome veteran resource here in South Florida. Uh, I found them uh, this summer traveling to South Florida trying to get prepped uh, for my own transition back to the civilian world. and. They've been an awesome resource for me as I've been heading back to South Florida on a regular basis to help take care of family issues and personal stuff as well. So I really want to say thanks to the patience of the guys and gals over at Gray Team and for their continued support. And I really appreciate Carrie sitting down uh, this past summer uh, to do this recording for this episode. And I think you guys really enjoy it too. If you guys don't know, Gray Team is a nonprofit organization that's set up here in South Florida to support the veteran community. And they have some awesome philosophies and awesome resources and tools at their disposal they're using to help veterans down here in Southern Florida. I'm going to let Carrie talk more about what they're all about, where they got started, and what their philosophies are. But I really appreciated them willing to join me on the Warrior podcast to talk about it. I also want to thank you guys again one more time for sticking with me and for being around for more Warrior Monk podcast episodes. And if you haven't done so already, please go ahead and go to the Instagram account and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow. And if you haven't done so already, please share this with someone else who you think might be interested in the Warrior Monk podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the conversation with Carrie. All right. Well, we're here at the first phase of this collaboration between Gray Team and the Warrior Monk podcast. And I'm happy to have uh, been invited into your space here for Great Team. Carrie, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me here at Great Team. And, and thanks for agreeing to collaborate on this. I'm really excited about it. I, I think it's a great move. I'm uh, very excited to, to actually collaborate with uh, someone in the Air Force that actually gets out from behind a desk. So. Right. Oh, man, we're going to start with the zingers early. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. So you're, you're, you're a prior Army guy. Correct. So, uh, you know, it's always fun to work with the Army. I've gotten the chance to go to Airborne Air and Air Assault School and never ceases to amaze me how, how many low blows <laughs> the Army guys can give us to the Air Force guys. But you know what? We always have something to prove as an Air Force guy going to an Army school. You've always got to show up and, and have all our uh, T's, T's crossed and I's dotted to, to, to play with the big boys because uh, we do have the reputation for being the chair force. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's probably well earned, but, but I have to say, Wherever I am on the planet, if there's an Air Force chow hall, their, their defect is light years ahead of anything the, the Army or the Navy has. So you guys did that right, and I just want to give you props. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's, we, got, we got something going for us. So uh, transitioning here, let's talk about Great Team for a minute. Um, for anybody who doesn't know about Great Team and what, what, what it is, can you, can you give us a, a brief rundown on what's Great Team, what's the mission, where to get started? Absolutely. I, I think Great Team is, is something that just needed to happen. Uh, my own transition from the Army to civilian life was, was kind of difficult. Um, giving up your friends, your culture, your job, 
you know, your entire way of life and coming back to the civilian world where no one really understands what you've just experienced, I think is, is difficult at best and, and almost fatal in many other circumstances. So uh, Great Team was kind of born of the idea that there has to be a piece in between military service and the civilian world. Uh, and we've expanded on that and gone into where we can elevate everyone, not just transitional veterans. But in the beginning, that's kind of where we started, is let's provide that missing piece. Let's slowly decelerate, if you will, uh, from the high-speed military life to a little bit slower civilian world where people aren't necessarily mission-driven, and that's a, that's a huge difference, I think, and, and many other veterans will, will probably go along with that, that, that the civilian world is not as mission-oriented and tend to, it's 5 o'clock, let's go home, and we'll pick it up tomorrow. Right. And as you well know, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't leave until the job is done. And if that takes an extra... 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours, we stay and we don't eat and we don't sleep and we get it done. And I think that difference is so huge sometimes that, that it leads to depression and anxiety on the veterans part. So great team to make a really long story, even longer, uh, great team was born to ease that transition and make it more, survivable. Absolutely. And so when did the program actually start? The program started uh, as a result of, um, personally, I was building a a kind of a super gym that was open to the public. And I wanted it to be, you know, because it was veteran-owned, veteran-operated, I wanted to have, you know, most of my brothers and sisters have an opportunity to work in in a community of veterans. And I thought that would be tremendous. And we began hiring veterans. And what I found was that they were great to get accepted into the community, but they really weren't ready yet to work full time. Um, Some of them had, had difficulty even going to school because they just weren't of that mindset yet. So in the interim, we kind of developed a program that would decelerate them just by accident. You know, we started allowing them to meditate with us and to work out with us and to teach them how to eat properly. And it, and it was very informal at first, but slowly we realized that this is a necessary part. And in order for these veterans to fit in to our community, we had to get them on the same playing field as us. And we realized that program could be actually replicated and not necessarily just for veterans who wanted to work in the fitness industry, but veterans as a whole. Mm-hmm. And you brought it up before. I mean, the military teaches us this, this work ethic, right? And, and, you know, we don't stop until the job is done. You, if anybody who's ever put their eyes in the Ranger handbook or come to Ranger school knows we talk about the priorities of work. 
and your your food and your sleep is at the very bottom of that list, right? And it's it's super important when you talk about combat scenarios. You know, you have to rearrange those priorities of work. But now we have veterans that kind of transition out, right? We have their military members coming back to civilian world, and it is a different culture. And there's so much that we learn from the military, but this kind of life balance uh, is not really there all the way. So. I guess what Great Team is doing is starting to kind of teach these lessons and how to balance out all these uh, aspects of your life. So what's some of the methodologies that Great Team is going about for, for helping people? I mean, you've, you mentioned, obviously, the gym aspect, right, physical fitness, which carries over easy from the, the military community. And you talked a bit about nutrition. But what else are you guys doing to, to help our veterans find that kind of balance? That's a great question. Um, one, of the, one of the big factors when, when veterans transition is is in fact what you're talking about, where you had this authority figure over you, and suddenly you're left on your own in the civilian world, and you don't, you no longer have any structure to your life. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things that we're, I, I think, adamant on, maybe even over to the top, uh, is is to provide veterans with structure. Um, and as much as everyone dislikes the structure of the military, we thrive in it. Absolutely. We, we truly do. Um, I can tell you that it was a lot easier to be in formation at 0600 because I had a first sergeant barking at me than it is to get my own ass out of bed you know, <laughs> in my house and, and prepare and go out and, and work out. I, I don't want to do it. You know, right. I don't have any authority telling me to. I'll just roll over and go back to sleep. And I think that's very common. Yeah, I mean, we all we all struggle with that, right? If there's not a repercussion for it, sure. Why not? <laughs> you know, let's get the extra half hour in. So, one of the things we do is we provide that structure. Uh, veterans have an appointment, and they have to make it. And if they miss too many appointments, they're out of the program. You know, while it's no charge for them to ever get involved with us, you know, there is certain criteria that they have to do in order to stay in the program. And that's one of the things is show up on time and ready to, to get it. Now, what do they do when they get here? That's a, that's a great question. It's individualized. So I don't have a one-size-fits-all answer. Um, many have traumatic brain injury. You know, there, there's something about being blown up <laughs> that, that just doesn't do well with human beings. So in order to deal with that, we have a certain protocol for that. Um, and we use a lot of really kind of intense things, um, hyperbaric oxygen. We use infrared sauna detox. We use low-level laser therapy or photobiomodulation, and if you're familiar with that. Um, a lot of different, we're experimenting constantly to find the exact pathways that work for each individual. So obviously the foundation is going to be back to fitness, back to sleeping properly, and and proper nutrition. And those three things have to go for every veteran. And that's something, unfortunately, that as you just pointed out, we don't always sleep and, and we don't eat right. The mission comes first. Well, in order to heal, those things have to be brought back into the equation so that we're very, very big on proper nutrition and getting enough sleep at night. And since veterans have trouble sleeping, we can use some of our high-tech toys to actually advance and elevate their sleeping patterns. We use 
all kinds of gadgetry that, uh, that right now is cutting edge, but there's a lot of science behind it. And it's going to be a while before the government, through its entities like the Veterans Administration, catch up with that. So we're able to provide it now, and maybe they'll catch up in five or ten years. Absolutely, and that's that's a great transition point too, because we've I mean had a little bit of conversation that we've had already, talking about the the VA and and some of the systemic issues that are underlying there, and it's not a point to bash out bash the VA because I mean they're they're doing I guess I won't say the best that they can, but they're they're doing what they can with a system that's old and transitioning. But you know one thing about going to the private industry, and when I see like the military doing this all the all the time more and more is that ability to, to, to fail, fail fast, fail often, and pivot quickly. And when we talk about the big machine like the, the military or the government, that ability to pivot and kind of change your direction uh, very fast isn't there. But with a, a something smaller like Great Team here, you have this ability and to individualize it, just like you said. And hey, if this isn't working for this individual, let's change, let's change the program right now. Start doing something different tomorrow to try to get you on, on the right path. And I love, I love seeing that individualized treatment of the veterans that you guys have coming in here uh, you're you're dead on target and i think that's that's exactly the big difference between what we do and and what the va does and and i again i'm not here to bash the va i think they they work with what they have available you know i i wish that they would be more proactive in hiring veterans to actually work at the VA who've, who've actually worn a uniform and understand some of the trials and tribulations right. um, because a lot of the civilians don't. And I think they don't have the, the empathy mm-hmm. to start off with. And because of that, you know, they don't seem to care as much uh, and they don't show that. And so when someone's in pain constantly... You know, you have to have a a different mindset because I've been in pain because I have advanced arthritis from, you know, carrying a pack on my back and and my knees are kind of shot from running in combat boots on hard (laughs) surfaces and cobblestones in Europe and and whatnot. You know, I have empathy because I experience that every day, you know, and I know what works. And, I, and I'm not afraid to try something new, which as veterans, we've, it's funny, you know, um, we're in the middle of this COVID crisis and, uh, and a lot of people are incredibly nervous about, you know, how do we function in day to day? And what I've noticed is veterans don't share that, you know, as many of us are not at 100% peak we're still ready to jump right into a fire to see if, well, maybe this will solve the equation. Maybe this will. We'll try it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're fearless when it right. comes the to that. The fear response is a little bit different after you've seen, been some places and seen some stuff. Absolutely. And even you know, going through basic training, you know, which, which most civilians don't understand, you know, we, we stood in lines and got inoculated from everything on the planet. We didn't even know what they were shooting into us. Right. We just we just handled it. We walked into tents full of CS gas yeah. and, and, and had to breathe that in. You know? <laughs> and had snot. My eyes are tearing up already I just know, thinking just about thinking it. About that. <laughs> so, so we have a different mindset. And, and we can 
come up with new protocols and, as you mentioned, change on a dime. If this isn't working for someone, let's try this. And veterans are all about, hey, let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, Whereas the VA is like, well, this is our protocol. We've had it for 50 years. Um, nobody's died within the last week from it. Um, so we're just going to keep doing it until we get a directive to not do it. Yeah. And, and we really don't think for ourselves, and we really don't actually talk to veterans and ask them, you know, is this working for you? No, why not? You know, and let's try something else. No, we just, we just stick to that. So mm-hmm. I think that's the main difference and why Great Team is so important to be able to turn on a dime and pivot, as you said. And I think I don't know if there's a way for the VA because it is such a large institution. I, I don't think it's capable of that. And, and to hold it to that standard is really kind of unfair. Yeah. And I think you guys are in a great position here where you're, where you're physically located currently. You know, you're in Boca Raton, Florida. You're really in the heart of the tri-county area of, of, of southeast Florida. We don't actually have a lot of um, big military community here like you may see outside of Fort Benning or Fort Bragg uh, where there's like, you know, a, the military system is very, very evident. You know, you, you, you drive down the street and you see people with high and tight haircuts and you see people with the, uh, you know, y- unit stickers or airborne stickers on their vehicles and stuff like that. But because this is a population dense area, there's a ton of veterans down here and maybe not as much of the support system. So that's great that, that you guys are kind of in this location here to kind of catch some of this bleed over from, from the VA system and provide uh, the support system here in Southeast Florida to the veterans. Yeah, a hundred percent. We 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 kind of picked this location for for a number of reasons. One of them is it's underserved, and there's no question about that. There, uh, Palm Beach County is the third largest county in the state of Florida for veterans, and on top of that, Florida is the third largest state in the United States for veterans. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a it's a very veteran rich environment, and it is underserved right now because there isn't a base close by. Uh, a lot of I think not just veterans, but civilians come to Palm Beach County because of the weather. It's it's beautiful. Right. It's you know occasional hurricane, but other than that, you know we kind of have it made here. So there's a lot of population and not much service for them. And on top of that, because we are 100% privately funded and we have no government affiliation, it's. In order for us to remain in business, we have to be located where donors are located. And that's very important to us, that a donor can come in and see their money at work, see veterans actually elevating themselves and getting better, and even get to know some of them. I think that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. You know, for a lot of families who don't have family members that have served... Uh, the disconnect between civilians and the military is bigger now than it's ever been. You know, if you, if you look back, Lance, into World War II, you know, there was a huge segment of the population that went to war. And everybody knew a veteran. It, it right. was either your father, your uncle, your brother. Everybody knew one. Mm-hmm. But today it's not like that. You know, veterans are, are I think, 2 or 3% of the population. So a lot of people will never come into contact with a veteran and they don't, it just creates this divide 
where they don't understand why, why do we need to fund the VA? Why do we need to have these programs? You know, I don't know any veterans, you know, I don't know they need help. I don't know that they're in pain. I don't know that, you know, losing a leg is that traumatic because I've never seen, uh, you know, a paraplegic or a quadriplegic. I've, I've never seen an amputee. I don't know. And in right. an area like Boca Raton, you're talking about very few, you know, there isn't a military base here. So as you stated, there's not a lot of guys walking around with a prosthetic leg or arm or, or whatnot. So out of sight, out of mind, right? Mm-hmm. But we can bring that awareness to this community, and they're only too happy to help out, as we've found in the past. You know, even though they may not have their own sons and daughters enlist, they understand the need for it. They understand they enjoy the freedom that that we all enjoy as Americans, and they know somebody has to be out there on the wall defending that, and and they're very happy to support it once it's brought to their attention. I think bridging that gap is so important. And we're, I mean, we're not just seeing it just in the military community, but we're seeing it with our law enforcement officers right now too, right? There's this, we kind of get labeled sometimes as like drones, you know, it's like we're, we're the stormtroopers out there. We, you know, you don't see our faces. We're just in, in uniform. And I think bridging, bridging that gap to realize that we are people, we have families that, you know, we're not, I'll, I'll, there's a lot of bad association that like the only reason people go in the military is because they couldn't get into college or find a good job. And it's just totally not the case. So the fact that you guys are helping humanize the narrative of our of our veterans, I think, is so important, and you guys are doing big things. So, we're what's the next step? I mean, you guys have been in this facility now here in Boca Raton not that long. What about six months? Uh, actually, we've been only open for about three. Okay, only only three months. Actually, open the doors here. So, what's the what's like the future looking like for for a great team? What's the horizon look like, and what directions do you guys want to push in? That's, that's another great question. Um, it's interesting. The, the response has been overwhelmingly positive to what we're doing. The, the media has started to pick up on it. Um, large corporations are beginning to respond to what we're doing by, by seeing the press and offering their help. So um, we're gaining momentum. We're gaining followers. We're gaining support. Uh, one of the directions that is something we're considering is food availability. And it sounds really odd, you know, that, you know, there's food available everywhere. Um, But as we talked about earlier, veterans really don't have a lot of life skills in terms of eating properly and proper nutrition and meal preparation, Right. So they, you know, I've got five dollars to spend, you know, I I might as well go to McDonald's or Burger King and get a value meal. I I don't know the difference between that and an MRE that I (laughs) just going to say MREs are coming to mind. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So so we have to educate them. And then there comes the problem of, well, if I only have this much money, I really can't shop at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. I understand now you've taught me that organic is what I should be seeking, you know, but I can afford, you know, Walmart Supercenter. So, and their organic section is, you know, one foot by two feet. So how do we get that food? Even though I know it's necessary, how do I actually obtain it? And one of the suggestions that a donor has raised is that 
Um, while a lot of veterans need to decelerate, one of the best ways to do that is to get them involved in nature again. Mm-hmm. Um, away from people, away from everything, just to let them kind of calm themselves and relax. So agriculture is kind of a natural fit for that. And we see one of the possibilities for Great Team Expanding is to have a um, an organic farm, if you will, that's self-sustaining, uh, even beyond self-sustaining, because they'll be able to grow more food than they would actually ever need for themselves. So the community would actually be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor, no pun intended, and and we would be able to decelerate veterans at the same time and actually build a self-sustaining business that doesn't require donations constantly to be able to stay alive. Veterans would come. They would be domiciled there right out of the military um, if they're even remotely interested in agriculture and even if they aren't. And we've already reached out to the universities, state-run, and they will provide top-notch instruction in agriculture and farming. So we would have the most state-of-the-art facility uh, that is available right now in 2020. That's awesome. That's, I think it's a great idea moving forward. And I think it's something not just for the veteran community, but everyone is kind of like becoming a little bit more cognizant of now after having COVID, uh, you know, realizing that we kind of have this uh, system of, of food movement. And if you start talking about people not being able to get trucks and boats and planes moving to get those foods, the ability to just grow some vegetables in your own backyard uh, or, you know, have a, 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 some sort of ability to source your own, you know, your own, own fresh veggies at home uh, is, is huge. It's a, it's a skill that, that I think more and more of us should probably be learning how to have. And I agree with you hundred percent on the nature thing. I know personally for de-stressing in my own life, uh, having that time in nature has been key for my own mental health and I'm realizing it more and more other people in my life. Getting them outdoors, getting them exposed to uh, fresh air, uh, sunlight, away from the devices, away from the phones, away from the computer screens and all that is so important for the mental health. I I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that, you know, even if you're not even interested in that, going through a program like that would be tremendous. And who knows, you know, it may open your eyes to a possible career down the road. You know, a lot of times in my life, especially, uh, there are things that I wasn't remotely interested in because I had never been exposed to it. And once you are exposed to it, suddenly you realize, hey, this is actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would maybe like to do this for a while or you know, for, for 20 years. But if you don't know about it and you've never done it, then it makes it extremely difficult. So um, I think the community would also benefit because they would be able to buy stuff that they know is 100% organic and locally grown and locally sourced. It didn't have to travel, you know, 2,000 miles from California in a, in, a, in a truck and have to be gassed to look nice and <laughs> right. red and ripe and everything else. So Everybody wins in that scenario, so I can see that as a possible future for Gray Team's expansion. One of the big factors, though, is also uh, the geographic limitations, that having a facility only in Boca Raton kind of limits us to affecting lives all across the country. 
So we have gone into the digital realm as well, and we have our own app now. And slowly, we are going to be able to bring Gray Team to people's phones. Um, they won't get the exact same experience, obviously, but until such time as we have the funding to build more Gray Team units in different locations, we will at least, at least be able to access them through a, uh, a digital app. And, and, and again, they would have access to you know, our, our nutritional counseling, our mentoring, our fitness, all those things we can deliver digitally. We don't have to be there in person. Absolutely. It's awesome. I love that you guys have this kind of multifaceted approach to, you know, creating that tactical L to hit it from two sides. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, hey, man, you've got a team of warrior monks set up here, and uh, I love seeing it. And uh, the philosophy of the, the Warrior Monk podcast is to kind of expound upon that, that balance aspect, uh, you know, being a cerebral as well as the physical. Um, so in your opinion, when you hear warrior monk, what, is that, what does that mean to you? What do you envision? Who do you think of? You know, it's interesting. The, the term warrior monk always reminds me, and I'm going to screw up this quote. I know it. But uh, I don't remember who said it. It was somebody famous, and they said, it's, it's better to be a gardener in war no, I'm sorry. It's, see, I knew it. <laughs> it's, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than it is to be a gardener in, in, in war. That's right. I've heard that. And, and that's what I think of as a warrior monk, mm -hmm. is somebody who has the capability of, of being a warrior but is now in a peaceful environment. Hasn't lost that capability, just is choosing to operate in a different environment. And, and, and seek peace rather than violence. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I think of uh, Warrior Monk. I, I'd like to think that all of us at Gray Team are, would consider ourselves Warrior Monks because <clears throat> we've experienced extreme violence, you know, things that people should never see and done things people should never do. And now we're at the phase where that's behind us and, and we know how terrible that is so we're using our experiences and our empathy to heal those who've gone through that after us. And I think that's an amazing thing. It's an amazing feeling for me. Absolutely, man. I love your take on it. So you guys are a nonprofit organization. You guys do make this operation in serving the veteran community here in, in Southeast Florida through donations. Uh, if people want to get involved, if people want to donate, even, even if they just want to give their time uh, or if they just want to, to, to check out your socials and get linked in with you, where do, how do they find Great Team? Where should they go? Excellent. The, uh, probably the easiest way is greyteam.org, G-R-E-Y. It's not G-R-A-Y. G-R-E-Y-Team.org. Uh, all the information is on our website, and we update it constantly. Uh, and then, of course, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all, all the other social media outlets, we, we have a pretty big presence on, and we, and we update constantly. We are always looking for, obviously, not just donations, but but advice, uh, new innovations, um, mentorship, because we don't know everything, you know, and we don't claim to, you know, we're, we're open to learning new, new advances 
in in technology, uh, in medicine, and things like that. And while we're not <clears throat> the most intelligent scientists on the planet, we can reach out to them, and and the information that they give us, we can translate into lay terms and let everyone take advantage of. And I think that's a huge, huge opportunity. Awesome. So if you guys are out there, go check out greatteam.org, get LinkedIn, help them out, help the veteran community here in Florida. Harry, thanks for your time, man. I love this conversation. I'm so glad that we can make it happen. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Well, guys, there you go. There's Curry from Great Team, and I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you haven't already, go check out greatteam.org. That's their website. And they're also, of course, on all the socials, including Instagram and Facebook. And if you can... Please give them a uh, contribution, whether that can be monetary or your time if you're in the South Florida area. Uh, they are one of the few organizations that I've seen down here in South Florida who are really putting a lot of time, effort, and work into contributing to the veteran community, making sure they have a safe space, making sure they have an outlet for physical activity, worried about mental health, worried about nutrition, really being an all-encompassing and holistic approach to uh, bettering veteran lifestyle and health. So yeah, guys, this is the Warrior Monk Podcast. I'm Lance. I'm really looking forward to putting out more content for you in the near future. If you haven't already, please check us out on our socials, the Warrior Monk Podcast, and uh, share this podcast with a friend if you've enjoyed it. All right, this is Lance signing out, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Let's continue to grow through balance.